Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. Thank you, praise team. What an incredible presence of the Lord that's here on this Sunday evening as we prepare to do what God has called us to do, and that's establish the kingdom of God. It is our duty, our responsibility. It's our calling and honor to give to the advancement of the kingdom of God. I commend you, your leadership, for leading it to this place where you'll be able to sacrifice. It is in giving of ourselves, our time, talent, and treasure. We are enabled, made more powerful. I know at our church in Texas, I've always been the recipient of missions, giving, and as a missionary's kid, and then a missionary for many years. I was blessed for, by people like yourself. I went in and I said, I want to have revival in Texas. I took a church in a smaller community, challenges and tensions from political things in the past. I said, we're going to give. The year of 2015, our church gave 30000 committed $30,000 in faith promise. Following year, they committed 150,000. Last year, they committed and pledged 459,000 dollars to global missions. Many of them have been blessed. All of them have been blessed that have given. Not all in monetary return, and I'm not going to get up tonight and tell stories about people that gave and God wrote a check back to them because. If that's why you're giving, it's wrong. Tonight, you should be challenged to give because it's your duty. It's your responsibility to eternity. To give of your life. To whom much is given. You have been given eternal life. And now it is our duty to give that beyond ourselves. I feel the Holy Ghost deeply in this house tonight. As God is calling us. Tonight's going to be a night that changes many of your lives as you find and discover the joy of giving. What a beautiful time of the year to have this pledge. Right before we go into a season where we're going to be giving to our family, we're going to begin that season by giving to our God. I'm going to tell you, we're going to be blessed like never before. Thank you, Pastor Bounds, for allowing me to be here. The hospitality and kindness exemplary. Luke chapter 19. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 16, verse 19, and then we will read in your hearing through verse 28. If you've arrived, would you say amen? There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, 
and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame but Abraham said son remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things but now he's comforted and thou art tormented and besides all this between us and you there is a great goal fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot neither can they pass to us that would come from thence and then the rich man in verse 27 then he said I pray thee therefore father that thou wouldest send him to my father's house for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment for a few moments I lift the title of my message from the 27th verse of the 16th chapter of Luke where a rich man who failed to do so in time found time in eternity he prayed all will pray at some point I pray thee therefore father that thou would ascend him to my father's house for a few minutes I want to title my remarks a prayer request from hell a prayer request from hell father I thank you for your word timeless and unchanging it knows where we are it knows where we are as individuals in a corporate church body it knows where our world is and what it needs I pray father that it would echo in every chamber of our heart a seed that would be planted into fertile soil I pray as it's received that it would take root in the fruit of your word would profit and benefit this people our world not only in this moment for, but for the remainder of our lives and days anoint me Jesus to preach to your people I thank and I love you you're so good to me and I love you so much I need your help in Jesus name and together we say in Jesus name in Jesus name you can be seated in the presence of the Lord thank you for standing I don't preach on the subject often. I really have to feel directed by the Lord. It might sound perhaps a bit elementary uh, to the great theologians of Zanesville, but the truth of the matter is I, I'm, I'm in this to go to heaven. I said, I don't know about you, but I want to go to heaven. And I'm going to be honest, I don't want to go to hell. I had, I had a real super spiritual person came, come up to me one time and they said, hey, pastor, you know, even if there wasn't a heaven, I said, stop right there. I said, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, even if there wasn't a heaven, I said, don't ever say even if there is, because there is a heaven. And I don't need any, any hypothetical situation that eliminates heaven from, this, from my, my life. I, I don't, whether it's happening or hypothetical, I don't ever need a day in my life, a moment in my life where heaven's not on the table. Well, even if there is a heaven, there are walls of Jasper. There are gates of pearl. I've... I've got to go to the place in my mind where there are no teen pregnancies, where there are no juvenile detention center. My mind has to visit in times of turmoil a place where there is no cancer, no disease, no tears, no sorrow, no tomorrow, no mourning. A place where there is only joy forever. I need to go to a place where the sun never sets, where we serve him and worship him forever, where there are no hospitals or divorce courts, where there is no AIDS, where there is no, come on, political 
political conflict or, or racial tension. I, I got to go to a place where there is no death. I've got to know about heaven. Oh, come on. I said, I got, if, if preaching about heaven don't get you excited, baby, you're, you're in a dangerous spot for the Lord, Paul said. Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we forever be with the Lord. And then he says in verse 18, wherefore comfort one another with these words. The words of heaven bring comfort to us. The question I have is have we gotten so comfortable we don't need to be comforted? Astounding, you can talk about heaven and people sit down. <laughs> have we fallen so in love with this life that heaven sounds great, but it's okay if it waits. Uh, is heaven just what we use at the funeral to ease the loss of somebody we've lost? Or, or is there somebody on a Sunday night uh, that's going through the battle that you've never been through before, uh, that's in the heat uh, of all the fights? Uh, and, and you said, preacher, I'm going through it at home. Uh, I'm going through it in my body. Uh, I'm going through it in my mind. Uh, I'm going through it at the church. Uh, I'm going through, I don't even know what's going on. So preacher, remind me again. I know it might not be for everybody, but I've come for somebody fighting hell. Matter of fact, if you don't need to be comforted with heaven, I just wonder whether or not you're even fighting hell because I need to be reminded that there's a place where joy, it never ends. There's a place where comfort is forever. Oh, hallelujah, it's real. It's real. And it's just a heartbeat away. It's a blink of your eyes away. Heaven is real. Heaven's real. And yet if there's a subject preached on less than heaven, there is no doubt in my mind it's hell. It's not the subject that you get popular preaching about. Why I'm told that, that, that we're too troubled to hear about hell. Why, why bother them? I mean, the cares of 2021, they're so abundant. The pulpit should be careful to speak of hell and add to the troubles of the world that the people and laity are in today. And so I'm caught in the controversy. Do you, do you see the controversy? Because on one hand, you're so comfortable, you don't have to be comforted. But you're so troubled, you can't be troubled. So perhaps the question that we must ask is, are we comfortable or are we troubled? Maybe the truth of the matter is, we just don't want to hear about eternity. I, I said maybe the truth of it is, we don't want to be bothered with eternity. Just tell me how I can live my best life now. Tell me how I can live in good health now. Here's the bottom line, baby. This isn't the best life. Uh, and the, Come on, and you're going to get sick and you're going to die. But the comfort is this, that there is a, ooh, there's a gate that's made of pearl. I said there's a wall that's made of jasper. There's a street that's made of transparent gold. There's place beyond time. And so tonight, I've come to bother you with eternity. 
Before I board my plane to return home, I have to remind you that there is a heaven and there is a hell and there's no in between. Before we leave, we must be reminded that there are seven over seven billion people that populate the planet. And of the seven billion people on planet Earth, there's 51,028,787 that died last year. 51,028,787 that are dying every year. If we break that down, ladies and gentlemen, that's 4,252,399 people that die every month. 978,362 people die every week. 189,805 people die every day. 5,825 people die every hour. 97 people die, almost 100 people die every minute, every minute. According to the research of one of my Bible school professors, Dr. Talmadge French, there are approximately 25 million oneness believers worldwide. So if we were to say that everyone who believes in one God is saved, it would make less than a fifth of a single percentage point of the entire world population that's saved. In other words, from the time I started preaching until right now, right at 1,000 people have died, and there's a .005% chance that one of them was saved. There's no other movement on the planet that's increasing at the rate at which hell is increasing. Scripture says it's expanded itself. And I know we want to hear about global revival, and I believe in global revival, but the truth is hell's having revival. Hell is having revival. Our society has turned the word hell into nothing more than a curse word. It's a joke. It's a word that the world plays with and they mock it. They, they, they use the word hell to put it onto a situation to, to emphasize negativity. My life is a living hell. I'm going through hell in that situation. And, and Christianity in like manner has placed a big off-limit sign on the subject to, which I'm speaking on this evening. I, trust me that preaching about hell doesn't make you popular and it doesn't make you famous. Laity does not want to hear about things like that in a world like this. Uh, they've got another problems and you don't need to burden them with any more and so the pulpit and Christianity feels some kind of guilt for preaching about a subject Jesus taught on twice as much as he did heaven but this evening Matthew Tuttle just a young man from Texas I refuse I refuse to have my ears tickled and not have my heart pricked I'm tired of living my life and not being reminded that this life is but a vapor so soon it will pass and I've got to remind the anchor church uh, that there's an end coming to time in your life uh, and you will spend it one place or the other uh, that our friends our neighbors in the world around us uh, if they're not saved friend they will be lost uh, and they will go to hell forever forever and it's not just a joke uh, it's not a word we use to emphasize a negative it's way more uh, than just something we make something bad sound worse with uh, it's not a game uh, it's not a joke it's a place and it's having a revival like mankind has never seen Revelation 20 and 10 it says that he was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and 
forever. Forever. And forever. Forever. There is no mathematical equation or earthly parable that I can speak to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that would allow your human minds to comprehend eternity. We are unable as physical finite beings to understand a place where there will be no, no time. Everything in our lives is dictated and controlled by time. Time is that which binds us and time is what sets us free. Eight hours on the job, it's a bad day. Just, just wait till five o'clock. And the same eight-hour clock that holds you captive in that job, the same time that holds you prisoner, will be the same thing that releases you into freedom. Young people at the school, if you're having a bad day and the teacher's just droning on and on and on, just glance back at the clock and tick, tick, tick. The same clock that's got you captive will be the clock that frees you. Time, 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 time. It's, it's always been there for us. It's always, we are captured by it. Prisoners to this place. Even the psalmist understood it for he said, weeping may endure for a night. He says, in the night I toss and I'm tormented. I'm under control of fear. And I don't know it, but he said, if I can just hold on till the morning rise. Because joy will come in the morning See, I'm in the torment of the night, but there's rescue in the morning because salvation comes through time. Let the alarm clock ring again and wake me from the horror of the nightmare. And once again, I'll find dew on the grass to ease the dryness of my parched night. It's always been there for me. The alarm clock's always saved me. The second hand has always been my hope and my salvation. But, but if you can understand, oh, if you can understand that there's a place where there will be no second hands and there will be no sunrises, there will be no clocks and there will be no time there will be no way out you are trapped in a place forever forever but we can't comprehend it. Oh, if humanity could understand eternity. Oh, if your mind could realize uh, that this is just a fleeting moment. Uh, and I know uh, you're burdened by the message. Uh, oh, God, uh, it's so heavy. Just give it some time. Uh, in 20 minutes, I'll be done. And you can go back to living a mediocre life. Uh, but for these next moments, uh, you're trapped in time. Uh, oh, that there was something uh, that I could say. Uh, something that I could do. Uh, an illustration of a film. A, a drama, a sermon I could preach uh, that would enable our minds to understand eternity if we understood forever. Uh, this building would be too small. Uh, Colosseums would not be worshiping uh, sports. Uh, they would be worshiping God. Uh, theaters wouldn't be worshiping movie stars. Uh, they would be worshiping the creator of all the stars. Uh, if, if we only understood, if we only understood, if we only understood forever, forever forever everything that heaven is hell is not my friends the bible says that there will be gnashing of teeth terror and loneliness and it will go on forever darkness forever 
wailing forever weeping and gnashing of teeth forever but we cannot comprehend forever if man could up, up comprehend it all I would have to speak to you young people is say there's a place in darkness that will last forever and we don't have to plead you to come to the front we wouldn't have to beg people to stand up we wouldn't have to beg people to pray at prayer meeting we wouldn't have to beg people to fast but the reason we have to beg and push our flesh is because our minds don't understand a place where there will be no time where demons are our companions in the flesh burns from our bodies only to be replaced by new flesh. Uh, we beg for relief in this place, my friends. Uh, they will uh, for death to save them only to discover to their horror that they are immortal beings. And as flesh is burning and being replaced from the immortal body, the Bible says that they will claw into each other. There they will bite the skin from the bodies. Filth, it's a place of filth where the worm does not die. And they're eating and screaming. And they can't, they, they, they can't to, to explain the agony of it is impossible. But oh, oh, if you could ever understand that there's this place, a nightmare that does not end. And then the cry comes, give me just a drop. Give me a drop. But there will be no dew on the morning to parch the dried soul that's lost and damned forever. There will be no rescue from time. It will not happen because it's forever. Forever. I can read your minds. Mom. Oh, preacher. Please calm down. You're going to scare him. Little Foofy's going to have a nightmare. I mean, he's 15. He's going to go back to wet in the bed. And, and I'm not going to know what to do. And, and it's just going to be horrible. No, 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 hold on, no, no, no. Mom and dad, let's just be real. Because the last time I checked Hollywood stuff, they're not holding back the punches. No, no, no. I said last time I checked Hollywood's junk, uh, they, they got filth pouring through the tube. They got adultery and homosexuality. There's blood and, and there's guts. Uh, and it's, come on somebody. P.S. They're not playing Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man anymore. They've got ratings on their video games and they're killing each other. And it's aliens and, and ungodliness. Uh, come on. Hell has unleashed nuclear warfare on this generation. A filth. And yet... The, 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 the pew says, no, 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 don't, don't be too mean. To, don't, don't just get in that. Come on. There's nuclear warfare going on. And you want me to get up here with a squirt gun and say, it's just going to be okay. La, 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 Grace and Goo God. Here's some candy canes. Jesus loves you. Baby, I, I'm not going to fight a nuclear war with a water gun. I'm going to go ahead and call it what it is. And I'm going to stand up here without any sugar on it and tell you, you've got to be saved. You've got to repent of your sins you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins you're going to have to live holy you're going to have to live righteous you're going to have to get rid of Hollywood out of your house you've got to get ungodliness out of your life you've got to get out or you're going to be lost and you don't want to be lost Preacher, 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 get me to heaven. Preacher, get me to heaven. Lay down some dating rules. Lay down some standards for our young people. Lay down, tell my kids they can't be sleeping together. Tell my kids they don't need to be in the back seat alone with each other. Tell them, because I don't want them to be lost. Oh, the Tuttle. 
They say this to me often. Man, you sure do preach it straight. And I finally looked at one of them and said, how'd you want me to preach it, crooked? Because that's the only other way. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Preacher, shoot straight with me. Preach, come on, baby. The sign doesn't say massage parlor and spa. It says church. You didn't, come on. This isn't a place where you come to get a massage. Oh, oh, hit me right a little bit there. Oh, yeah. No. This isn't a feel-good station. This is a salvation station. Well, you hurt. Aren't you afraid that you're going to hurt little Pookie's feelings? My God, I hurt, hope I hurt them so bad that they run to the altar and change their... I hope your feelings get hurt so bad that you say, I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to give God everything I've got because I want to be saved. Above all, I said above all, Preacher, 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 please. Please tell me the truth. Please, please tell me the truth. Who I feel the Holy God. You know what I feel in this house? Hunger. I feel a hunger. There's, and what's in you is in our generation. Don't be afraid. This is what they're looking for. They're looking for shoot straight with me and tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. I'm just, you got to worry more about making people feel good. Hold on just a second. I'm off my nose. We're going to get back to this. If you went to the doctor and you went into his office and you'd been coughing for the last six months and he scanned your chest and went back and the radiologist said he's, they're filled with cancer, lung cancer. And the radiologist and the oncologist can get together and they decide that if you were to take strong chemo, for six months that you could survive. And that doctor closes the door to the oncologist, the radiologist, and steps into the room where you're waiting for the diagnosis. And he says, okay, I can tell him the truth, but it's gonna ruin their day. So he closes the door behind and says, you know what, you're okay. Everything's fine. Three months later, you're laying on a bed and another doctor comes by and says, you've got three months to live. You cannot be saved. You could have been saved three months ago with strong chemo. You would call every lawyer. You would get so mad. You would get angry at that doctor that did not tell you the truth, that only cared about temporal feelings uh, and did not save your life. And yet we come to church and we want the man of God to get up here and say, everything's okay. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Oh, yeah, no, and you're watching R-rated movies? That, that's okay. You got you to gotta decide what you want. Do you want to feel good right now? Or do you want to be saved? I made up my mind. And I look at my man of God and I say, don't worry about my feelings. If you see, if you see one little bit of darkness, there might be a spot. Tell me about the spot and tell me how to get it out. Tell me what I got to do because whatever it takes, I want to be saved. At the end of the day, it's all that matters. I want to be saved. 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 I want to be saved
yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about how you make me feel. Worry about getting my kids to heaven. Isn't that your desire? Because I don't want to be lost. I don't want to go to the place where flames lap the immortal flesh from my body. I don't want to go to a place where I feel the teeth ripping that flesh from my body. I don't want to go to a place where I'm constantly falling in, in a sea of darkness, uh, trembling with screams as demons, as companions. I don't, I don't want to go to a place uh, where I can never be comforted by a sunrise. I don't want to go to a place where I'm alone and fear is all I know. I, I don't want to go. I don't want to be lost. I believe unanimously we can concur that hell is going to be a bad place I heard a sure and a yeah I said do I need to go back do you want me to revisit the terror do, do I need to talk about the flames again? That lap, I know you have, probably haven't heard it in a little while, but do, so do I need to remind, or can we just agree, uh, hell is going to be a bad place. Hell is going to be a, a really, really bad place. However, that burning of the flesh and the flames on your body will not be the worst part of being lost. The worst part about being in hell are not the flames, the darkness, or the demons. The worst part of being in hell is when you do what the rich man did. And the Bible says, as in our text we read, he lifted up his eyes. And while they were unaware that he was watching, hell looked up and beheld a man in comfort. The worst part of being in hell is knowing that there's people up in heaven that don't have a clue. You know what's going to be the worst part about being in hell is when they look up and they see Brother Tuttle bump into Brother Bounds and we got hair again. Man, if that ain't a reason to shout, that's how I'm telling you, I don't know what they're And you got, and there we get together and we're going, whoa, this hair's great. But man, have you seen the walls? Come check them out, Jaron. We can actually run really fast now. Isn't this amazing? Hey man, let's go see the gate. The gates are made of pearl, Aaron. The gates are made of pearl. Have you, hey, look down. It's gold. It's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go see Jesus. Let's go see Jesus. Then we'll go by my mansion. My mansion's bigger than your mansion because I'm from Texas. Ah! Will we have a time when we get over yonder? Will we have a time when we get over? We're going to sing and we're going to shout and we're going to, I said we're going to dance all about when we get over yonder. And forever. Knowing we have no clue you ever existed in time. Yes, you'll remember then. I know you can't remember every sermon, but you will remember them then. You'll remember every sermon and every altar call. You'll remember as it echoed through your mind 
and how it rang across your heart. You'll, you'll see yourself in your mind's eye as you recall every time he came by your house and made the phone call. You'll see him stopping by your pew trying to get you to the house of God. Every all you'll remember tonight when a, when a young man from Texas came by and preached a message that all of society condemned him for preaching. But he came by your church, looked you in the eye. You'll remember then. You'll remember, let me tell you, the horrors of hell is the memories that echo through your mind. And you remember all the choices that you could have made, the difference your life could have made. The worst part of hell is knowing you didn't have to go forever, forever. I'm almost done. Can tonight, I, I ask you, if God in his loving mercy could, if he could reach his hand into this place of horror, and this evening if he could extract from that place of torment one person, my friends, if he could pull one person from hell and grant them one more hour, what do you think they would do with one more hour? I can tell you for sure what they wouldn't do. In that hour, they wouldn't check their bank accounts. In that hour, they wouldn't buy the sports page to see what the standings were. I, I don't see them. I, my imagination does not see them. Uh, worrying about who the latest celebrity is or the church gossip. They're not signed on to Facebook or any form of social media platforms. They're, they're not involved in anything. That, that, that They don't care. They're not looking for anything other but, uh, that's so, so important to this now. But, but my mind's eye, I can see. I see this. I see it. Oh, that you could see it with me. That your eyes could close and your mind's eye could see mercies just extracted. A soul plant, planted it about a mile up the road from the anchor church. I'm looking closely, but I can't see if it's a man or a woman. For the flesh just burns and dangles from it. He's not standing. It's not standing still. It's running. I see it run. Every step it leaves a little charred flesh behind, but it cares not. It's running full steam, panting. What used to be uh, tear ducts have tears streaming down them. It's coming. It's coming closer. It's coming. It's surely, yes, it's coming here. My mind's eye, I see it burst through the doors in the middle of the service and then into the sanctuary as it burst through the stench of this thing 
unrecognizably as children begin to cry and mothers cover their eyes, we all glance back. Stench in it, but it doesn't care that people are talking about it. It doesn't care what they're saying. It doesn't care about what they'll say tonight after church. It doesn't care about the pictures they'll post on the internet about. It doesn't care. I see it running. It's not sitting down. No, it fails to sit down on the back row. It, it won't pause and, and wait to the end of the sermon in the middle row, but my mind's eye. I see it running. Surely the front row is its destination, but no. I see him in my imagination as he runs down the center aisle and throws himself at this altar. He doesn't have enough time to wait for an altar call. He doesn't have enough time to wait on somebody to, to, to prime him and get him ready. But he throws himself down and begins to scream, Oh God, whatever you do, whatever I've got to do, just don't send me back to that place. Whatever it takes for me to be saved, God, I'll do it. Wherever you need me to go, I'll go. Whatever the price I have to pay, I'll pay. God, whatever you want me to give up, I'll give it up. Whatever it takes, I'll take. God, I'll do it. Just whatever you do, God, please, 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 whatever you do, don't send me back, please, whatever it takes. I'll live for you all the days of my life. Oh, holiness, that's nothing. I'll do it. Just tell me. I can. Tell me. And as it begins to repent and the church begins to surround it, lifting it to its feet, I watch. I watch its hands raise and tears now flow down the remainder of what once were cheeks, its eyes, oh, sunken in the hole, skull are closed and the mouth opens and he begins to speak. He doesn't have two years to tarry. He doesn't have two hours to wait on the Holy Ghost. God, you gotta fill me right now. You gotta fill me right now. Fill me. And moments later, his tongue begins to begin speak in a language unknown to man. And as the Holy Ghost comes on him, he begins to speak in other tongues as God fills him with the Holy Ghost. He rises. He doesn't speak in tongues long, but quickly quickly he grabs whoever who baptizes people you, I don't need a robe just get me in the water and then jumps in the water and in my imagination I see him go under he comes out tears washed away by the waters of baptism newness of life he doesn't even take time to dry his clothes he jumps out of the tub and he starts running in the same manner in which he entered I don't have time to stay here long, people. Y'all already know. But my mom and my sister and my cousin and my... But before I go talk to them, I'll just stop by and I'll tell you, young people, I know sometimes it seems really hard because you're different, but trust me, it's nothing compared to where I came from. Hey, girls, I know dealing with the hair is challenging and you think, oh, it'd be so much easier. Trust me, the hair is nothing to where I came from. Hey, I know sometimes the trials of life are heavy and it gets burdensome and weary, but trust me, I, there's no burden like being lost. Please live for God. Just live for God. Hey, live for God. Don't settle for anything. I'm, I'm not going to be here long, but please, 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 please for those of you, why? There's pews open right up here. Why aren't you on the front? My God, please live for God. And then he runs through the doors as quickly as he entered them. And we hear the slams. The aroma lingers. 
And the first person he sees, he cares not the creed, the color, the age, the gender, the socioeconomic status is of no value to him, every person. He says, look, I don't care who you are. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how poor you are. I've just got to tell you, I've come from a place you don't want to go, whatever it takes. Whatever, don't, don't, don't worry about anything else. No, 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 we don't have time to debate that. Just obey. Just obey the gospel. Just obey the truth. Just get baptized in Jesus name stop worrying about the debate get saved and he knocks on every door he knocks up tells every person that he can live for God live for God but friends here's the truth Never will the char-grilled remains of what was come knocking on your door pleading with you to live for God. What I just shared with you is fictional and totally impossible. Their fate has been sealed for eternity, an eternity we do not understand. And while they may not be able to return in the physical, oh, that on a Sunday night, we could turn the music off. We could turn our concerns off and tune our ears to the prayer. And I wish you could hear them like I heard them in my hotel room this afternoon, not wanting to preach this, but I heard them. Somebody was praying, and they prayed for me today. Maybe it wasn't in Zanesville, but somebody prayed in eternity for Matthew Tuttle today. Somebody, somebody got up in hell and said, Preacher, you're going to stand in front of the person that lives next to my cousin, and you've got to tell them, tell them about these flames. Please just tell them about this horror. Come on, it's service after service, about them being blessed and them being rich and them prospering. But please just tell them, tell them whatever they do, that they can't come here. Please, please, they go to high school school with my granddaughter and they've never told her she checks him out it's my cousin she checked him out at walmart three times and they didn't invite him please preacher tell him about the tell him about the flames tell him and they're praying for me right now it's as if i can feel it i can feel him preacher go back tell him about the flames you didn't do a good enough job you gotta tell him more tell him again somebody's praying so tonight tonight I don't have much strength left in me for I, I determined to give all but I'm going to use the last remainder strength I have to answer somebody's prayer. And tonight I'm going to stand before the Anchor Church in Zanesville, Ohio, and I'm going to do what hell is pleading for me to do. I'm going to beg you, please live for God. Please live for God. Please put away your unrighteousness. Please turn from your ungodliness. Please, please stop playing games with your religion. Stop playing games with your soul. Please serve him with all you've got. Please, please, please. I wonder when as I'm closing I wonder no there's no music needed now 
I just wonder if you could turn your ear. You ought to close your eyes and you ought to listen because they're not just praying for Matthew Tuttle to preach to you. They're praying for you and they're saying, please, please, you've got to tell him. Please, you've got to reach Zanesville. You've got to reach. Yeah, you're going to fill out that little card and it's just a little money, but baby, you're going to send somebody and that somebody's going to save my family. Please, please go. Please reach your world. Please tell the world. Don't be satisfied to be saved alone. You've got to reach. You've got to reach your world. I wonder tonight. Every one of you in this building, your name has been screamed out from hell. And they're screaming, tell my family, tell my family. I wonder if you would rise and run to this altar and find a place on your knees and just answer a prayer and say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and commit to telling somebody about Jesus. I'm going to commit to winning a soul. I'm going to commit to being, making my life matter in eternity. Tell him, come on, come on the anchor, come on the anchor, there's faith. While I was preaching, names were flashing before you, uh, faces of people that you've not told, and they're flashed before you. But this year's different. Uh, this year's different. Uh, my life is going to be changed. I'm going to look at every soul in a manner that there's somebody praying for them. Friend, you're the answer to someone's prayer request. You witnessing is the answer to someone's prayer request. You being saved tonight is the answer to someone's prayer request. You've got to repent tonight. If it's not right, I've got to tell you for somebody in hell, repent. Get baptized. Stop worrying about the debate. Get baptized in Jesus' name. Be obedient to scripture. Let him fill you with his spirit. Let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you're here tonight and you're saved, there's somebody praying that you'll save your world. Come on, this is Mission Sunday. There's missions. There's souls across the world. Forty-two thousand have died since I started. Maybe one was saved. We're their only hope. Come on, the anchor church. We're the only hope. He as you begin to pray alone and you feel led in this altar. I want you to find somebody and lay your hand on them. Yeah, and begin to intercede for this lost world. Come on, we're going to give our money, but more importantly, we're going to give intercession. There's going to be travail for cities. There's going to be a travail for the world. There's going to be a cry for the lost of our world. Save them. Yeah, Come on, that's it. Come on out of your belly. Come on, there's only one prayer request that hell has. Save my family. There's only one prayer request that heaven has. Tell the world. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers. There's one thing that heaven and hell agree about. That's that nobody ought to go to hell. They're both praying that somebody will save somebody. That somebody will go and be a witness. That somebody will go and testify. We've got to reach our world, the anchor. We've got to reach our world.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.